This is Creators in Vietnam with your host, Tuasi. We aim to inspire you on your journey by interviewing striving entrepreneurs across Vietnam who make a positive impact on their community and their own lives. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, for an episode of Creators in Vietnam. This is going to be a very special episode because there's going to be not much of a structure, and I'm interviewing someone that I truly appreciate and I've only met yesterday. Um, his name is Fred Le. He's from California. He's a Vietnamese-American. And he's actually here in Vietnam at the moment, at the time of recording this interview. Literally right here. <laughs> uh, shooting a documentary called The Empathizer. And uh, we're going to be talking a lot about the documentary, so I'll, I'll, I'll wait for before explaining what it is. But we just recorded yesterday. And some of the questions that you asked me and the intention behind the, the documentary are super valuable. So I after recording for what, like two hours, I wasn't finished and I wanted to talk to you more and I wanted to ask you more questions about like, you know, the intention behind it, who you are, why all of this. And then, and then, and we couldn't because it started raining because it's rainy season still in Vietnam. Yeah, and it was uh, horrible. <laughs> we got caught, we got caught in it as we, as we were yeah. trying to go to the bar that we were going to meet up at and two dudes from California just got caught in it. <laughs> no raincoat. Yeah. It was horrible. So, Just before we start, how about you introduce yourself in a nutshell? Yeah, uh, my name is Fred Lay. I am a stand-up comedian, and uh, I'm currently located in Saigon, working on my first ever short-form documentary film. Uh, is tentatively titled The Empathizer, and I am very aware of how stupid of a title it is. <laughs> so what is the, um, what's the, uh, the intention behind the documentary? Um, this documentary is uh, featuring a lot of diverse voices of the Vietnamese diaspora, particularly those who are currently located in Vietnam, but were born elsewhere. Yeah. It's a Viet Q project. Yeah. 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 And it's fine if, you, if you're looking for your words, because I think like, um, and I think we, we were mentioning this yesterday, is like uh, we, us as Viet Q, we do have a lack of, of point of reference. Because yeah. we, like, uh, we know how it is to be Viet Q, to how many VQs we've met. And then it's very hard also. And we didn't, we didn't even like brush upon this yesterday, but like there is a whole identity crisis that is a big, big uh, point in our life that is, it's it's already really hard to deal with. Yeah, and it's so, confusing. Yeah. And I, I think I think the the intentions are so pure in the fact that, yeah, I don't know. Like we were talking about this yesterday. It's like, you don't know what it is to be Vietnamese. I mean, you think you're Vietnamese, but then... The fact that you're going around right now interviewing Vikios is also to seek those point of reference, to seek like if there is any similarities or differences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just came to uh, your recording studio uh, from hanging out with my cousins in yeah. District Six, and they're Vietnamese, Vietnamese. They're legit Vietnamese, right? Yeah. They like. Are they don't speak very much English, and they, I, I hang out with them, and I'm like, I don't even know what to talk about. Cause and and I have such limited Vietnamese, yeah. Uh, and like we we keep things copacetic, but uh, hanging out with these like very purely local people makes me feel like such a foreigner. Yeah. Um, and I felt like a foreigner the entire time I lived here. I lived in Vietnam. Um, from 2017 to the beginning of 2020. Yeah. Um, it was inspired by a, a week-long trip. When I reached uh, age 30, I decided to take a trip to Vietnam. And then uh, I met somebody 
um, who's a Vietnamese Canadian who was teaching English in Vietnam. And at that point, it didn't even, I didn't even think that it was possible to like live in another country. Yeah. But I just like saw that she was like having fun. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of young. I think I could still yeah. like, I, I have the opportunity to do this because I was working uh, at an online job at the time. And so I did and I moved uh, and I thought I would take one year and that turned into two and a half years. Um, but the entire time I was living here, I was just, it took me a while to embrace the fact that I was like a total foreigner. Yeah. Because the first couple months I was like, I'm supposed to be Vietnamese. Like, why am I being treated so weird? Or like, why are people clocking me as somebody different immediately when they see me? Yeah. Um, so that's a, that a fun thing to learn. So what's your answer to that? Why did people treat you so differently now that you have like a little bit of a hindsight? Um, okay, so in Hanoi specifically, as, as you and so the listeners probably know, uh, a lot of the Vietnamese diaspora, um, the Vietnamese people uh, are from the south mm -hmm. because they lost the war, yeah. right? So they fled. So Vietnamese uh, groups, uh, communities... In, across the world are generally from the south um so for some reason i picked hanoi i think it's because i was a little bit i was a little bit wary of trying to get too close to where my family is mm -hmm. i just wanted to have like an adventure so i picked hanoi and uh i learned very quickly that hanoi is so different from the types of vietnamese people that i first of all the dialect yeah is mad different so i couldn't even like converse with anybody uh -huh. um in hanoi and that was just like kind of a slap in the face of like oh i'm totally not vietnamese yeah <laughs> it, 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 it's interesting because the um the northern part of vietnam uh, like i hear a lot of the time like my, when my southern friends uh, vietnamese local go to the north they do that they do get discriminated anyway it doesn't have to be <laughs> just like foreign like it's just because our accent is different Mm -hmm. And I think in, in in general, too, our accent is pretty different, even to the southern people. So I feel like that's why they're like... Yeah, oh, dude, for sure, VQ. Do you, do you, I mean, how, how good is your Vietnamese? It's um, in, in the very first time that I came. Now it's much better, but it's still very noticeably um, bad. Or it, the, the accent is still very noticeable that it's not a Vietnamese accent. Like, I think Vic Lala, I always say. Okay. But... Before when in in 2013 14 when I came, I would refer myself as Kong a lot because I only talked to my parents and I That's was like I would thing. say yeah they would say yeah Kong Kong Mung uh, and then and then they were like oh you speak a lot of people made that reference and it, it was very funny because it was so true is like they're like you speak like a kid with a dialect from the 70s or like with a very old dialect because some of the words that we were using yeah didn't evolve like our parents came in the 70s and that was it or even like a little bit later for i don't what when, when my parents came in the 70s into france my parents came uh in like i think 1980 1980 yeah. yeah and so literally the moment that they came inside of the u.s for example in different country their their slang didn't evolve exactly and uh it's more so based on slang so like when i dated my my ex-girlfriend like and she was like she was 21 when i met her and she's 24 now Some of the slang that they were, she was telling me, I was like, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not aware of this language. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that we grow up speaking like children because that's the only time that we use Vietnamese, right? Mm -hmm. It's like when you're speaking to somebody who's above you, so you sound like gong, and then it just like further infantilizes your, you when you go over here and you forget to use like, oh, call yourself an. Yeah, yeah. 
Also because everybody's younger than you. Yeah. <laughs> I still have insanely a, young city. I here. still have a problem. And I think that's why I'm, I'm much more quiet in Vietnamese. Is because I, I meet people and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's like, especially older people. I'm like, do I have to go to you? Do I have to go? And then it's so weird for me because it's like just a, for a few years, do I have to go M, An, G, Go? And it's just all this whole dynamic that I'm like, oh, I don't want to fuck with it. So I'm like, just like. <laughs> just just yeah. speak English. I mean, that, yeah. was, that was what I uh, realized in Hanoi. Is like, if I needed to get by, I'd just pretend that I was Filipino or something. Yeah. See, so we, we we give up that Vietnamese identity so quickly, <laughs> yeah, for the I sake mean, of comfort and survival. <laughs> yeah, and efficiency. Like people, yeah. I mean, I also felt like people were less patient with me yeah. in Hanoi. Uh-huh. Um, if I would like try to speak in Vietnamese, um, I mean, particularly with like grab drivers. Yeah, you know, if I tried to like speak something and they hear like my accent mm-hmm. and they say, hear the way that I talk, then they. And either they like don't know what to do with me, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, or they just go like, "All right, I'm just gonna do my thing." Because this, in when you came in 2017, that's right. You that was the first time you came to Vietnam. Yeah, one uh, one week trip. And then Grab was already there. Grab Uber and those those yeah those Grab services. and Uber. Because yeah. back in the days, just before that, in 2014 when I came, there was no services like this, and it was a lot harder. You had to be like, because I can't read Vietnamese. So I had to go on my Google map and go like, uh, and then my accent would go everywhere. And, yeah, then, yeah. and then you didn't know if the guy was taking the right route or anything like this. And then at that time, they'll say, oh, so it was like you, you just had to discuss the price before it. And it was a whole different like type of experience. Wow. Yeah. That that sounds stressful already. Like as as and that's where like maybe that's why I'm like yeah I'm not Vietnamese because like there were so many moments lost in translation <laughs> like literally lost in translation and and lost in vocabularies and I'm like okay yeah I'm definitely not. I didn't know that you can't sp- uh, read Vietnamese either. I can't read. I can't write. Wow. I can just speak it. Okay. So. My my theory about this is I. I love to speak <laughs> and I love to get my ID through. So I made an effort into like getting my message across. But when it comes to like writing it, because I did the same with English almost. It's like I, I speak English much better than I can write it mm-hmm. in a way. It's because I, I didn't need the, I needed to get my point across more than I needed to like write my point across. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just think that's, that's wild when I, whenever I hear like so, um, somebody who like, can't even really speak Vietnamese that well, but who just like come here and just like make a life. Yeah. So I was like, dude, how, (laughs) how? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's coming from somebody who can like very barely speak Vietnamese passively. But, um, I found that it was a lot easier in Saigon, um, to, to get by with this limited skill set. Let's get back to the, um, to the documentary or, because I know there is something with your mother in, in behind the intention of do, shoot, shooting this documentary. Mm-hmm. What, what, what is it? Do you want to tell me more about this? Yeah. Um, I, I kind of realized that this was a pretty, um, important idea because, um, whenever I spoke with my mom about the country of Vietnam, it kind of seems like she had these preconceived notions about the state of the country, even though she hasn't gone back since she left. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of what she hears about the country is through Viet Q news. Mm-hmm. And so, and that shit's skewed as hell. Yeah. So um, uh, I just thought that this would be a great, like alternative 
showing of what this what the country looks like now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she refuses to go back. She she will never go back. And she was stressed out about me being in the country. Yeah. Um, the entire time I was out here, it wasn't until actually I, I happened to work for VTV4. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I say I happened to just because like I just kind of Mr. Magooed my way into getting a, <laughs> getting a job on television. Yeah, yeah. but I, I worked for this show called Vietnam A to Z, and it was yeah. uh, it was just like a lifestyle TV show, um, and I got to host it. And so it wasn't until like I was able to send clips of that back to my mom that mm-hmm. she was like, oh, "Okay, he's doing fine. He's on he's on TV." Yeah. And so, how did you see Vietnam before you came, and how did it change? Yeah, that was. I mean, that was just a wild vacation. Yeah, I didn't really get a sense of oh my god, I'm home. Yeah, the way that a lot of people speak about. Um, I didn't have this like overwhelming feeling, really, or at least that I remember. Um, but I just thought it was kind of adventure. I was just looking for adventure. Yeah, that's like the short answer. And so, if we look at it through the spectrum of your relationship with your mother, like, did you feel any type of guilt having fun in Vietnam or anything like this? Because How was it for you in that in that sense? Because I know a lot of the guilt that comes back, you know, because there is it's history is a charged thing. Like you know, there is so much pain, and as we were talking yesterday, like, and so maybe there is a, a lingering guilt or a passed on guilt, and and then so it's like, oh, we can't enjoy as much as we want, or there is, it's more a reaction to what our parents are telling us, the way we approach Vietnam. So did it happen like this to you, or? In um, that's a great question, but can you? dump it down for me <laughs> <laughs> so did did your mother influence the emotional experience that you had coming back to vietnam yeah you know actually when you put it that way i probably do think that it was um it was a little bit of defiance uh my decision to like stay in vietnam mm-hmm. and then also partially a uh, that lust for just like a change of pace yeah um Yeah, Donald Trump had just been inaugurated oh, yeah. into office, so it was a little yeah. bit of a rage quit. Yeah, yeah, for me uh-huh. too. Um, yeah, lots of. Did I answer that question? Or <laughs> no? So there is still. I'm still trying to extract a little bit of that because uh, I, I feel like there is a there is your intention for the documentary. There is a percentage of it that is that is understanding your mom or making her understand something or showing her something. And that's tied to the relationship that you have in Vietnam, for sure. Because mm-hmm. like we, we see Vietnam through the lens of our parents before we come back to Vietnam. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to slowly get to the... For, for us to, to go through this together, also for you to, to try to put a finger on like how your parents, and I feel like specifically your mother, has influenced or has given you some of those goggles to see Vietnam and how like, you know, maybe some of the... The reactions that you had was based on that and and how you you got rid of those reactions or how do you manage them yeah um that's great uh so my mom used to tell me things randomly she would say she would say uh i, I want you to visit vietnam one time so you can see what real suffering is <sighs> and yeah. and and then when i like took the trip i was like oh it's sick out here <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like beautiful and it's busy and it's, it's it's so alive especially in hanoi i loved like the architecture out there so 
I guess like the the main purpose of this doc, or at least like one of the things that's fueling me is, yeah, I do want to show my mom like contemporary Vietnam mm -hmm. and how uh, what Viet Gieu people are doing out there because she's very cynical of yeah. um, of anybody's ambition. Yeah, I think um, a lot of that generation, and I have like letters from first generation immigrants who donated to the project, but also like added a, added a note to me to yeah. like say, be careful. Yeah. Be careful and don't, don't trust the government pretty yeah. much out yeah, there. Yeah. And we haven't had any troubles specifically making this project. Uh, I, I'm trying to show people like my mom yeah. what, what the state of this country as opposed to what they're just going to be hearing in that, in that VQ news cycle. I see. I see. So there is a, there is a, a few questions that I have now. <laughs> awesome. And it, it's more so like, you know, cause, cause you're halfway through the documentary. So it's like, uh, it's, it's more so maybe like me wondering more than questions. It's how do we make a documentary that is not in any way pointing fingers at a government? but that is also acknowledging the pain, the suffering. Because when your mom says like, oh, I wish you go to Vietnam to experience that suffering, doesn't, if the facts point that us, Vicky, have a very good life here, doesn't change the fact that she has suffering. Yes. So how do we extract this or how do we accept the suffering without pointing or without the, with, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting somewhere in here and I'm also like getting my thoughts together. Is yeah. Because it feels like the older generation wants us to accept a certain suffering by pointing the fingers exactly where they want us to point it. But it's not how it's going to solve it, isn't it? Right. How do we pay respect to their suffering? I I think it's by moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, you said something extremely thoughtful yesterday about kind of honoring that suffering. Yeah. And then, and then forgiving it. Um, and that's something that I would love to strive to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how I can, I mean, as we edit this film, um, I, I'm just going to try my best to keep that in mind. Um, yeah. So this, the, the climax of the film, what I want to do after I collect these kind of more lighthearted interviews, yeah. um, in Vietnam is to go back and interview my mom. Mm, okay. Yeah. And that will like, after I've like kind of just seen all these perspectives of like young, young Vietnam and what people are doing out there and the mm. reasons why people come back, I just want to talk to my mom and be like, what do you think about me living out there? What's your view? What is your view of Vietnam? Um, cause she deeply loves Vietnam despite not wanting to go back. Yeah. But um, she's been a Vietnamese language teacher since the 90s. Yeah. And she still does it. And she loves teaching kids this outdated Vietnamese. Yeah. yeah. She, she likes teaching kids what a feature is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, like undeniably is like totally reps Vietnam. Yeah. But, you know, like the Southern regime. And... And I'm trying to convince her that, like, yo, this is, this is what the country is now. Like, 
let's just let's just accept it yeah and um hope to get her to love it again this is deep let me sit on it for a second this is quite nice and i was telling you this um yesterday that the answer is always love and compassion and i think that's um you know like it, when you do interview your mom um we just talked about suffering but it would be great also to shine a light on that love that she has for vietnam mm-hmm. and maybe like through all those interviews that you do with Vicky, maybe being able to show that maybe the love that we're giving to vietnam or the love that we're all having for what is of vietnam first like the definition of vietnam varies from person to person mm-hmm. but it's it's the same love at the end of the day and the fact that you're doing all this documentary is a, is a big showing of love for your mother like you know it's like it's a uh, it's great <laughs> thanks man it's, uh i do talk a bunch of shit about her <laughs> I, I will say that yeah yeah but it's just, I, i'm i'm kind of hamming it up also because yeah. i know that at the end of it, it we're just gonna have a heavy ass discussion yeah, yeah and so i've kind of been like playing the role of like oh my mom's like this oh my mom's yeah, like yeah. that and uh, I think it might be coming off a little bit too strong. On camera. <laughs> this was this was brought up to me yesterday by our director yeah. of photography, Brett. Which, yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm gonna try to reel that back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, my relationship with my mom is still like you know, could still use some work. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I wish I could be like a little bit more patient with her and kind of because because when we when we get to talking about the state of the country yeah i sometimes will lose patience because she has these very strong um she she's very wary of it yeah um and then i sometimes i just gotta be like yo they're not spying on me <laughs> yeah my dad is the same yeah I, t- i told you yesterday but it's like yeah to each their own experience i feel but I, I shit on my dad a lot, and I told you this yesterday. Too. I mean, yeah, I, think, yeah. I, I mean, it sounds it. like for like a better reason than I than I. But uh, am hard it, on my mom. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe for for me, it's coming out of a lot of love, because uh, it, it's I need to I need to explore the the depth of the resentment and the rage that I have for my dad to understand the amount of love that I have for him, and the fact that I'm still here and talking about him is a sign of love, and the fact that I'm still that I'm practicing and I'm and that I'm working and I'm doing all this work to recognize the the bad to the good of the same person is an act of love like you know the act of compassion is 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 true understanding of who that person is and that person is not always beautiful you know and we have we all have that in us and like you know the the the, the whole journey of recovery is also looking at all the fucked up shit that we have inside yeah. <laughs> and so i i had to start with me to then like go okay like what the fuck is wrong with my dad but it doesn't mean that i want to give up on him or anything like this you know even after he passes away he'll still going to be part of me same way that my mom is still part of me after she's gone for 30 something years yeah but the fact that you're trying to pass a message even if it's to prove something or if it's to change your mind is i think for you to take the time to do this <laughs> is an act of love in itself. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's also maybe like we allow ourselves to shit on the things that we, we care the most. So I'll be like, I'll shit on my dad. But if someone shit on my dad, I'll be like, hey, who, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I don't know if it's the same for you. 
Oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to let somebody talk yeah. about my home. <laughs> Actually, so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody like honked yeah. at her on the freeway because she's going 50 miles an hour, yeah. I might be like, yeah, he's right. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I, I like to reframe it on a timeline. So, you came 2017. You left in 2019. Yeah, um, actually January of 2020. I came right back to L.A. to catch the pandemic. Yeah. And so reverse question now is how did you feel as an American coming back to America after two years and a half? Oh, um, dude, I so I was in Hanoi for two and a half years. That was one and a half years yeah. longer than I had originally planned um, just because I was having a blast and like just enjoying my very leisurely life. Yeah. Um, and then I decided to move to Saigon because I felt like maybe I, I, I wasn't done with Vietnam yet. Yeah. But I felt like there was a little bit more of the uh, the joyful things that I like to do, like live music in Saigon. Um, so I moved here and then I was doing fine. And then I went to a wedding, my buddy's wedding, and just had the time of my life. It was like at a it was like a few days wedding oh, at, wow. a, at a like a ranch or something. It was a it was a lake house. Yeah. Okay. And just like nonstop laughter that that oh, whole weekend. Yeah. And I was like, dude, these are like my I'm I'm American. Like these are my people. Like I didn't I I did not laugh out loud in Vietnam, like yeah. at all. Even though I was like you know enjoying the soy gaff or thirty k uh-huh. or whatever. Um, just that joy of you know laughing with my american friends and like having these like frames of reference and stuff uh, i deeply missed it so i was like oh i i'm just gonna break my lease and go back to la oh wow yeah 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 Yeah. so that that was what like i i realized like that's that's the most important thing in my life uh-huh. is the connections with uh people and yeah and i didn't really get that kind of connection here yeah uh maybe it was just because i wasn't seeking out the right kinds of people or what but I felt I felt like Saigon was a little lonely. Yeah, for me. How yeah. how do you how do you feel in Saigon socially? Um, so, for me, Vietnam has not been lonely. But then, but then also, like I I always like put it back into the context that I came as a drug addict, and so the the journey for me to come to Vietnam was always a self introspective journey. It was always the work needs to be done inside. It has nothing to do from the outside. And so I already had like a, I think enough therapy, mm-hmm. <laughs> enough mental health knowledge that I, I knew kind of the way that I, that I had to go. So even through the relapse, I was like, oh, this is my guiding line. It's like, don't go and s- like, when you said the word connection, I was like, yeah, because that's, that's the word. But like, I needed to reconnect with myself. Mm-hmm. And, and now today, like, you know, I want those connections. I, I'm so happy to talk to you, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I never really felt lonely. Or um, I didn't approach the word lonely the same way because I'm a kid with a fear of abandonment. So it, it, it meant many different things. So my natural tendency uh, as a survivor was to reach out to people. Like, you know, that was my drug really. It's like every time I felt alone, I would just go out. So I've done this in all the countries that I lived in. And I've, I've lived in five different countries now. So wow. I, have that, I have that bug where I'm like, oh, so I lived in France, Canada, Australia, New Caledonia, and Vietnam. Wow. So every five years, I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm going to run away from my problems. <laughs> and then my problems are still with me. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere you go, there you are. Yeah. But so this is very interesting what you're saying, though. It's like you did feel more American by coming to Vietnam. Yeah. 
and uh, you still don't have a clear answer about how if you are Vietnamese or not. Oh, I, I am Vietnamese American. You're Vietnamese American. That is its yeah. own thing, and that's what I am. Yeah, and this is this is a very important question that I that I ask a lot of my my Vicky's friend is, how did you deal with your identity crisis? Because there was a crisis at some point, like this whole like I'm gonna break my lease and like, once you were done coming back to America, there was like okay now, I know Nico that I just interviewed was like oh I'm. 70% French, 30% Vietnamese. <laughs> so how did you approach that identity crisis for you? Um, well, what I'm doing now creatively is is all about Vietnamese American. Like once I started thinking about like, oh, my comedy is, I, I got to tell about the Vietnamese American experience mm -hmm. in comedy. That's that's what my job is, I think, uh, yeah. as a comedian. Um Yeah, I once I started, I mean, it was this year that I really like put more effort into providing to the Vietnamese American community. I see. Yeah. Um I started doing a comedy show called Embarrassed by Night. Uh -huh. All Vietnamese comedy show that's been doing quite well. I mean, we've had three different shows. Um one in LA, then we went did San Jose, a theater in San Jose, and then a, a club in the OC and all of them were nearly sold out or wow. if not sold out. Yeah, yeah. Um so there's like, I mean, there's a want to yeah. hear those voices and those frames of references yeah i mean the one in san jose was like my favorite one and we did like bits about talking about like uh vsa vietnamese student association kind mm -hmm. of stuff and that was just like stuff that vietnamese americans just know about yeah. and we kind of like skewered that experience because it's kind of silly yeah. that in itself did you ever do vsa vsa no i heard about it Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Vietnamese Student Association, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never heard of it. So that... And there was the, a big congress. So it's like Vietnamese students yeah. getting together, and most of them are just all about putting on a show. They like to put on a yeah. show uh, at the end of the year that they all... It's a variety show. It's, it's like Paris by Night. Yeah. Um, Paris by Night is like a ubiquitous Vietnamese uh, variety show that's got a lot of music and dancing. Um, and then, yeah, in, in high school, if you participate in VSA, you would try to do you know you you put your hat in in the show the things that we would perform in vsa shows were supposedly demonstrated uh, demonstrative of the vietnamese culture but i mean they were demonstrative of the vietnamese culture that our parents told us yeah 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 so we would do like a slow hat dance and everybody's wearing an ao yai yeah And then, like, there would be a skit about how Vietnamese parents are different than us. And yeah. so like it's just, like, it's such a specifically Vietnamese-American thing, the yeah. VSA shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, I think about that recently because uh, we, we're in Vietnam. We, I've never seen a slow hat dance here. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a thing that they do. It's for 30 years now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it has disappeared. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's so interesting. But so isn't it exciting though then if we if we look at a frame of like a more hopeful frame and and then obviously we don't we're not we're not rejecting all the pain and things like this but isn't it exciting that we are, you are your generation creating a new culture the Vietnamese American culture and we get to define what is the slow dance hat is going to be it doesn't even have to be a fucking Vietnamese word anymore it has to be it can be a Vietnamese American word There is probably like Vietlish that is specifically from California and there is all those slangs that are starting to happen that is specifically Vietnamese American. And yeah. I find it like, now that you're talking to me like this, I find it super exciting actually. It's like, 
we get to take from so many different sources and uh and you know like we we're lucky in a way or we have the privilege to be part of like like from the second generation immigrants <laughs> and we can find it as an handicap or as today like you know the privilege of creating a new culture yeah yeah i mean before the war uh there was only there's like less than 5000 vietnamese people in america yeah now it's 2.2 million fuck yeah they just yeah. added benmi to the uh, webster's american dictionary yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean that's yeah. like just 50 yeah. years yeah we've just like exploded yeah um and we're just figuring out what our what our culture is and it's yeah it's it is super cool to be able to kind of do the first ever vietnamese american mm. comedy show yeah um and have it be a fingers crossed continued success that's that's good that's a good point to pounce back on it's like so let me rephrase that first question that i asked you is how do we create a new culture while not disrespecting the pain that was yeah you know i don't have an answer for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's food for thoughts it's, yeah it's food for thoughts for the audience too it's like we're you because we're, we're the process of creation is not a process of restriction It's not a process of like forbidding. It's not a process of fighting. It's a, usually it's like, you know, it's a beautiful process. And we are creating something that is coming out of something that is quite painful. We, do, we don't have to make it painful. We don't have to, or is there a way? And I think that's what we're doing right now. Those conversations, your documentary, you trying to, to, to make a point to your mother, me trying to make a point to my father. Mm. And all those things is part of us creating this new culture. Like, I don't know if mine is is Vietnamese American it's not definitely not but it's a different Vietnamese than this Vietnamese local and so how do we create out of this out of respect and compassion is always like it's going to be my question is like I don't want to I don't want to disrespect the, the memories of your suffering yeah let's yeah, just try yeah, it and then yeah. see if people like it or not yeah honestly well, obviously yeah um, so another reason why I'm so stoked about this uh, project is that I I needed it to be a comedy. And so that's why we're doing like some comedy shows out here. I had one uh, like three days ago. I made sure JK was the booker, JK Hobson. Yeah. And I asked him to book all the VQ comics. I see. And we did a show called VQs being cute. And that's an incredible title. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I had a conversation with all of the VQ comics and then we, and then we did the show and everybody had like very good jokes I about see. the VQ experience or like being vq in vietnam i thought it was I'm, i was super happy with how it came out um but anyways the reason why i wanted it to be a comedy and, and i thought it was important is because i feel like all of the creative uh stuff uh i mean it's changing now but historically the vietnamese art of the diaspora have been tragedies yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's all just sad books Or it's, yeah. you know, it's mostly sad books. And so I'd, I'd, I'm trying to look at this in a happy way, yeah. or at least like in an optimistic way. Yeah. Um, will I succeed? I don't know. But I'm happy with how it's going so far. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I didn't get the memo that it was supposed to be fun because I was serious as fuck yesterday. I'm sorry. No, we had, <laughs> honestly, this is, that was like probably the best uh, Yeah. We had the best chemistry out of every interview really? that we've yeah. done so far. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, no, we had we had some good moments, man. Yeah, thanks. I, I I can't wait to see like how the final product, but it's 
as I was telling you yesterday, I'm like, I'm, I, I love those because we don't we don't need to know what the result is going to be. And I, to be very honest with you, I don't care if it's going to be everybody's going to accept it because it's not the purpose of it. Is we're trying, we're creating, we're making, we're making a new reference point for people. Mm-hmm. It's like this is me, my experiences of Vicky, my experiences like. Who the fuck am I? Am I Vietnamese? No, I'm not. I'm okay. Maybe no. I'm gonna fight it a little bit. Oh no, I'm Vietnamese American. Okay, is this how I want to define myself? Okay, let's try. I'm gonna make a documentary about this, and like maybe at the end of the documentary, you'll be like, no, fuck this. I'm Vietnamese, <laughs> 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 or like who knows? And then because and I and it's what I love, and uh, also b- being in Vietnam is like we we are part of we're very privileged in, in, in creating a new culture or being a bridge between two cultures that are very different now is the impact that we can have as a single person is tremendous. And it's a privilege to, to be like this. It's like, I know that I can always go back to Canada and connect with my friends, have a laugh, understand that culture, understand the French culture, have a laugh with my French friends, my Canadian friends, my American friends, and all those things. The diversity has been given to us. And I can come back and if I understand my privilege well, I can have an impact as one person that is tremendous if I act wisely mm-hmm. and with respect. And that's by, you know, creating those, the, even like, you know, like the, the people that came to your comedy show in Vietnam, you have a direct impact with it. And so I, there was no question to this. I was just like fucking talking. No, yeah. <laughs> and I, I find this exciting. No, I, I totally agree though. Yeah. That's, I mean, that there's, you, you, you did use the word privilege and yeah, we, yeah. we, we are privileged to have this, uh, this, to grow up in a different country, yeah. but also to come back here and be like totally, totally, uh, comfortable. Yeah. Or at least as comfortable as our means are available. I mean, your cats are mad comfortable. Mad. Yeah. And I keep on telling them, you should go back on the street to see how it's real suffering. (laughs) 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 You'll know real street of Vietnam. (laughs) You got it good here. You have Vietnamese French environment. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So you lived with a lot of, um, you probably met a lot of immigrants in your your life from different countries. Mm -hmm. I always ask, because I've had a lot of uh, Venezuelan uh, friends. Uh, throughout the years and Colombians and, and, and Mexicans um, a lot of like South American immigrants and I was telling them and like you know like they, they w- the same way they fight very hard they work very hard uh, to go through university to get a job to get a PR that's the thing in Canada from PR they get a citizenship and they're like yeah that's it I made it I have the passport and things like this and I understand this whole process and I understand their joy and things like this and I go but let me ask you a question now like you're almost 30 you're gonna get married one day let's say you have kids and in 20 years when those kids are 20 they go hey mom i'm gonna go back to venezuela because life is fucking good over there how would you react and would you tell them you're venezuelan the whole time or would you tell them you're canadian you know when they grow up and they look at me they're like fuck i never thought about this it's like yeah welcome to my life yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck this it's like like how do you approach those topics and like because you know, and and that's the thing. It's like, and I, that's how I got my a little bit my my peace, is I knew the 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 sense of liberation and, and and joy or like the that hope of getting out of Vietnam. You know, at that time, mm-hmm. and then, you know, because the circumstances were as, as such. But it's hard, and I think because like especially for people after war, it's hard when you get emotionally stunned. 
to let go or to accept, oh, fuck, the, con- the country is, is, is actually growing, is developing, and it's not because of us. Yeah. And, and then they can see that, but what they created, which is us, has grown, and we're fucking beautiful. <laughs> 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 okay, no, I was a drug addict. <laughs> we became to be beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's always like a, a change of perspective, and I think that's what you're doing with the documentary. It's, it's, it's really good. Or one of the intent, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I haven't even been able to ask anybody about Daimite yet. What is Daimite? Um, well, I haven't gotten to ask anybody, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ask me. No, it, was a, it, was a, it was a policy that was passed in, I think, the 90s or the early 2000s. God, I'm going to sound so stupid trying to explain this. But yeah. um, it ostensibly uh, was Vietnam's government accepting capitalism. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, opened up the stock market, yeah. you know, things like that. And uh, that was uh, instrumental in what eventually became a this migration back. Yes, yes now that you, yeah. And it's also, yeah, and, and that's, that's part of our privilege too, is like, because when we were talking about this yesterday, when you were telling me, because I've never lived the, the Vietnamese American diaspora, so I don't know about those radio stations, I don't know about that message, and I'm like, I don't resent the and I have nothing to say about the government and I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. There is no message political whatsoever. But it's like, um, what was I saying? Is um, I, I do feel privileged. I mean, like the the it's not like Vietnam is rejecting us. We do have a five years exemption visa. Yeah. Things are made for us to to come back. I mean, like, or for us to get a taste and understand. And it's like. Very understandably, it's not the government's responsibility to go hold us by the hand. It's like, hey, if you want to come back, there is a five years exemption visa. Yeah. <laughs> go and try it out and then find your own damn loopholes to get like money <laughs> in and out and things like this and whatever. Yeah, that's, like, you know, that it's was like, a great way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right. like, you know, we're, we're a developing country. We're happy to have you back. But you but can't buy land. You can't buy land. And I think it's like if you look at Shanghai, and I don't want to go into those discussions, but like if you look at other models of like too much foreign. You're like, <laughs> I, I don't want to get into this discussion and then immediately launch into it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about this, but please give me my passport. <laughs> we can't buy land. Yeah, we can't buy land. But that's the, that, what, whatever. Were you going to buy land? No, yeah. I, did, I don't have any money. But uh, <laughs> but I, I, did, I, I did read a paper about the the things like the five year exemption visa are yeah. are a new thing and that was kind of meant to draw uh, VQ back because yeah. the the powers that be realized that is very beneficial um, to have these people with uh, educations and yeah. ambition and means yeah. um, and this like capitalist influence to come inject their skills into the the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the paper did point out like. Yo, they want your, they want your skills, but they don't want you to stay. Wait, that was kind of the gist of the paper. Yeah, but that's, again, like it's assuming a result before, like or it's assuming someone's intention, where maybe there is no intention. Yes, they want our money. That's good enough, no. But why, why can't you buy land here? That's a good question. Yeah, it was like explicitly, like, like it was, it was explicitly stated that we are not allowed to buy land. Do you have your Vietnamese passport? And that's why. Why, why. Like if you don't, if you like, so like from what I understand is like if we, if we don't have a passport and a hokwao, I fucking 
put you that way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix that. <laughs> then you can't buy land. You're technically not a, a resident of Vietnam. Yeah. You're not a citizen of Vietnam. I'm not a citizen of Vietnam. But you're you're welcome to open up a business. Yeah, and I'm welcome to buy an apartment. I'm I'm welcome to do most of the things and it's good like it's so, so is the question then, is it good enough or is it not enough? Do we want to come with love and compassion? Or is it is it good enough for most us Vietnamese Vicky or however we want to call us? Is it good enough? Is it good enough that we get the five year visa? Is it good enough that we get a, a very relaxed chance to come back to Vietnam, get a taste of it, and trust if you do make enough money here in Vietnam, there's going to be a way for you to buy whatever you want, I think. Right, But yeah. So it's, you it's, can it's, marry into it, too. Do we, do we want to look at the lack or do we want to look at the abundance? Yeah. Okay, that's a, good, that's a great point because I was raised to be skeptical of yeah. this regime. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. maybe that is just my my instincts kicking in. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that is kind of whack. It's it's a question of perspective again. It's like, do we want to fight for others or for let's look let's let's be selfish here. It's like, are you going to buy your land to the more if you get <laughs> just to buy land? Will you buy land? Uh, probably no, 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 me neither. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't have I don't have the money power yet. I mean, renting is fine. It's yeah. it's so cheap. Renting and if I do have the money, I'll probably start in like you know at this point bitcoin <laughs> or coins or i don't know but it's like i i come i come at a place of like oh there is for now it's it's more than enough for me and that's all i care about i don't know if i'm no i mean yeah, yeah i i'm i'm also totally not complaining because yeah. i'm not a person who will buy land um yeah. but uh yeah i just i just thought it was i just thought it was an interesting way of looking at what the uh, what the rules are yeah out here so to come back and, and to, 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 to switch topic, it's, it's, I want to come back to the, um, to the importance of a single person, the impact that you can have here in Vietnam, the positive impact. Like with, with, cause like the, and I feel like this is like, this is what we should uh, focus on is the experience of a Vicky. Cause it doesn't matter the, uh, the, the, the intention behind the five years visa or like why we're coming back. Mm -hmm. We have to take the privilege that we have of coming back and the, and the understanding of the impact that we can have. And this impact is not instant. It's a journey. It took you two years and a half of coming back and then deciding to fucking leave yeah. to come back and do this documentary. Maybe this documentary doesn't have the intention of changing a Vietnamese local person. It right now has the intention of like sending a message to your mother. But if a Vietnamese local person is going to watch this documentary, it will give them a reference point that they would never had before. And that's part of the Vietnamese experience, isn't it? Yeah. And that's the impact that you can have is I'm going to, once the documentary is going to be done, I'm going to be the first one to fucking go like, to all my Vietnamese local friends. My whole fucking staff is going to watch it. That's 20 Vietnamese. And I'm going to be taking the time to explain to them what's your background, the reason why you made that documentary and what are the cultural reference point that they need to have to understand this this documentary. And this is the next step. And so maybe the impact that we want to have is not going to happen in one year, but in 10 years, we'll be laughing about the impact that you had with this documentary. Well, that's cool, man. That's yeah. putting a lot of pressure on... <laughs> no, you better do it, because if not, you're never going to be. You know? <laughs> but so, it's, and it's not, it's not like uh, about putting pressure. 
it's you you're you're doing the work yeah yeah so one one very interesting thing the first thing that we ever shot was um a round table discussion with other Vietnamese American comedians yeah before we did um the embarrassed by night in the OC and uh some of these guys were like going off about their perceptions of Vietnam yeah um and some of them hadn't even been to Vietnam but they have like such strong yeah. opinions of the country and uh cynicism yeah about it um and as as I was participating in that talk I was like yo this is I can't wait to tell the, prove these guys wrong. <laughs> you know? Or at yeah, least yeah. like show yeah. show them that maybe they have um some very strong opinions that uh, yeah. are fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah. But you know you know it's like and and I do not know those people so I like all respect to them and their opinion but it's like if I'll you tell you their names. <laughs> call them out. No. <laughs> Write them out. No, no, no. They're, they're, they're sweet people. I just uh they they just had some no. some funny things to say. But it's like If you've never been to the place, then where do you think that hatred is coming from? Where do you think those words are coming from? They're just repeating. From our parents. Yeah. They're just repeating words that they don't even understand. And that's the thing too. And it's like it's like it's I, and then maybe it's it's more so like I don't I don't like my advice is like don't try to prove them wrong because they're just repeating words. But they're wrong words. <laughs> I understand, but There is the words and then there is the emotion attached to it. And okay. The, the words that they're saying is words that they heard from their parents, which is the same than their parents saying words because they were trying to express an emotion of pain and right. they didn't have any other ways to just fucking hate on the situation. But the pain is like, it's it's a, like, you know, emotion can, can mature and then you can, like, the more you talk about your anger and the more you'll be able to explain your anger without being fucking angry. You know? Yeah, but that's, I mean, that, however, um, in in stand-up comedy, it does play better if you are actually oh, emotional yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. I will say that everybody was kind of hamming it up. Okay, <laughs> good. During that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and it sounds incredibly compassionate. Um Uh, annoyingly so. <laughs> no, but I mean that's that's great practice though, just to like to understand yeah. what why they're saying that shit. Yeah. Um. But I, I, and you know what? Actually, now that we talk about it, um, I do feel like a little bit of my annoyance with the older generation is uh, also stems from my slow realization that the first generation Vietnamese refugee community is um, quite conservative leaning yeah. um, politically. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's making it easy for me to uh, antagonize them. Yeah. And that, that only came out like recently, like with Donald Trump. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you see that video of like Texas Vietnamese people who made a music video for Donald Trump. Oh, wow, no. It's hilarious. Really? Yeah, it's all these, like, old Vietnamese people, and they're wearing, like, American flag ow yais. Yeah. And they're singing a song about uh, Donald Trump. Uh, uh, What's it? I bow to Donald Trump, Donald Trump. That's oh, how the song wow. Goes. Yeah, it's, it's bananas. Wow. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't even realize like that that kind of generation was so conservative and closed minded. Yeah. Um, until I like just kind of reflected on that. Uh, I think we find some common ground here for Vietnamese locals and Vicky's then Vietnamese Americans. Because the Vietnamese people here fucking love Donald Trump, too. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> See, it's weird, isn't it? Why? <laughs> so, like, in Vietnam, at least, from what I understand, is first, like, it's like uh, the, the, the news is, is, is very single-minded on, on the enemy. And the enemy has been China for a little while now. Gotcha. So the enemy of our enemy is our friends. Yeah, and so if like you know the it's it's always shitting on China and the, and the problem with the island, and then Donald Trump comes and go like it's the China bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then uh, suddenly Donald Trump becomes like, like the the most well spoken person on earth. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. It's well, like, and yeah. also I also uh, I also consider that the unhinged things that Donald Trump says in English that we completely understand. We're like, yo, that, yeah. that he didn't even use that word correctly, yeah. but. Um, that will not be translated into Vietnamese yeah. through the translator. Fair so enough, they yeah. won't. So he doesn't sound as stupid as he does yeah. uh, when they're reading his words uh, translated to Vietnamese. And then now that I'm thinking about this, Donald Trump is really good at gaslighting. And I was telling you yesterday yeah. that mm -hmm. the Vietnamese culture is a little bit gaslighty. They'll be the first one. No, it's in your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's all you. You're 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 crazy, right? <laughs> I'll make home run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there, there. I think there was those patterns. Like, yeah, that's the normal way to communicate. I don't see any problems with this. <laughs> you answer everything by no. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seems about right. <laughs> so you're halfway through shooting the documentary. How do you feel about it? Really good, man. Um, yeah, yours. I mean, yours was the last thing that we shot, and if. I feel like we could have something amazing if we just stopped now. Really? Yeah. yeah. So actually, now that sounds pretty good, actually. <laughs> Sleep in tomorrow? That sounds great. Um, no, I'd, and like I said, this is my first time doing this. Yeah. And I kind of, I mean, I prepared the shit out of like legit, the logistics and everything. Yeah. Um, but actually like doing the interviews, I, I'm really stoked that these, um, these answers have come out uh very naturally uh -huh. um and also i didn't have to write too many questions because <laughs> it's been like on my mind for so long yeah 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 and this is like probably the only thing that i feel like actually qualified to do a documentary film on yeah um so yeah it's it i feel good i just need to <laughs> i just need to make sure that my comedy shows <laughs> go well so you have one tomorrow so yeah i have yeah. one tomorrow at lee's and then we're going to hanoi the day after wow And so there was a short trip, actually. There was like, what, two weeks here in Vietnam? Three weeks? Yeah, I think it's two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe 10 days to two weeks. Yeah. And through those interviews, you feel you have changed as a Vietnamese-American already? Um, good question. Um, no. No? No. There's, uh, most of the, the, the things that you've heard has confirmed your what you thought was going to happen? Um... I'm going to have to look at the footage again yeah. and then really like reflect on that stuff because mm. just in the midst of filming this thing, it's just like, oh, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Yeah. So I haven't really had time to like sit down and kind of go, which, which I think I should be doing actually. <laughs> But it's just so, it's just so annoying to like watch the footage that you just yeah. sat down and 
talked about. And, yeah. And then you just like look at your stupid face and go like, why am I blinking so much? <laughs> and then so, shit, I forgot the question. I had a question. <laughs> anyway, so the, so the, the feeling and emotion so far is so good. Yeah, yeah, I think I think a lot of the stuff. I I actually anticipated that it would be a little bit more emotional. Yeah, with some of the people, but everybody's been keeping it, holding it down. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Do you want me to cry? <laughs> I can yeah. reassure, I guess. I'm I'm trying to see like who's going to be the first one to roll a tear down their cheek. Uh, I almost yesterday. One. I I did almost. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I I almost did um, the first interview that we shot in Vietnam because I was talking about. Um, that's fucking song that plays when you land on Vietjet. Oh yeah, the, the hello, the hello one day, know. yeah, one <laughs> day I'll know your soul. One day, one day, <laughs> yeah. That song always makes me emotional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I started. <laughs> I was just talking to the 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 lady Vanessa, and then I started singing the song, and then I like, kind of just explained what that song means to me, and I, I like got really choked up she's yeah. like she's like are you okay <laughs> why are you choked up and blinking fucking, <laughs> <laughs> are you blinking morse code right now <laughs> yeah that's funny no that song really does get me though i don't know i don't know if it same affects you yeah. same same well, I it's, think, yeah. it's pretty on the nose i mean it's like yo i, I can never know vietnam yeah or i mean that that might be like the theme song to the yeah. doc because it's well, somebody longing to longing to understand but not until the the trauma of the war has passed yeah the trauma of the war yes that's what we were talking about generational trauma don't want to go in there yet <laughs> yeah so yeah. this the, this project i'm trying my best to keep it like i mean obviously we're talking about the war yeah but um more of like how it affects Actually, I don't know what I was about to say. Yeah. Um, it's like, how do we talk about the war without talking about the war? <laughs> right. But also, like, talking about the war in, in a sense, like, okay, these things happened, but let's, let's move on. Or how do we move on from it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah. Which is, which is why I, I knew it was important to get people who were kind of, like, around my age mm-hmm. or second generations. Um, and then, of course talk to my mom but yeah and i'll tell you the same sentence that i'm that i'm practicing and i told you yesterday is right now the way that i'm um i need to find out what my parents could not forgive and forgiving them for not being able to forgive and that's what is the that's what the the method that has been given to me through ther- like the, my therapist um instead of like pushing against or resenting or anything like this we have to go and understand what is that pain that they can't let go and then like forgiving them for not being able to forgive it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I would recommend most of the people doing. And so in terms of traumas in general, in in generational trauma, except us, we have this. And then the, the, the common ground is we've, whether we're Vietnamese American, Vietnamese French or Vietnamese local, we've all experienced the war. Just one generation down our generation. Yeah. And so it's like the what your mother could could not forgive is very similar than what a Vietnamese local father or mother could not forgive either. It's the same horror of wars. Mm-hmm. So it's the same. It's not the same. It's it's pain, you know. Yeah. So 
I know that this is the work that I'm doing with everyone that is around. That's the work that I'm doing with everybody that is around me and that I'm doing with myself. So it's quite interesting. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, good thing we recorded that so that I can listen <laughs> to it in preparation for uh, talking to my mom about this because it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be heavy. Yeah. Like I don't really I don't really have a easy time conversing with her. Yeah. Um, obviously the language barrier, uh-huh. but um. I mean, she's 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 a sweet old lady. I just uh, I just am working on uh, improving my patience with her. Yeah. Hey, good luck with that. Because <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I I. <laughs> do you want to do it for me? Actually, <laughs> you, you, you seem so equipped for it. <laughs> you go first, and then <laughs> it doesn't have a one single method. We we're gonna throw all the weapons at it, <laughs> all the tools and weapons. But like, yeah, I. I, I remember, and that's and I was telling you, like I haven't talked to my dad in a year, and I fucking came out like so. I in 2019, I focused on myself. 2020, I do all these things for recovery and things like this. 2021, I like, I think I'm I'm reaching a level, and this is all ego and pride again. And I'm like, I can handle a shitload of pressure and shit. And I think I, I you know, I'm I'm so close to my authentic self. I think I'm good and everything. And then I go talk to my dad, thinking that things will change. Mm-hmm. And in less than five seconds, the guy triggers me so bad, and I'm yeah. like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh shit, no, the work is need, still needs to be done." Yeah, that's tough, man. <laughs> but yeah, you, it's I think it's part of the journey, and that's what we have to accept as Vietnamese American or Vietnamese Q is, and that's part of the generational trauma. I think is is we have to. There is going to be baggage that is going to be left <laughs> behind from our parents. Mm-hmm. And whether we want to deal with it or not, we will have to deal with it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd, I, I'm i not, uh, I'm single, so I don't really like, I'm, I'm not really thinking about having children, but yeah. I know that like yeah. the, if I am in charge of people <laughs> in, in the future, um, I'm going to want them to, have a love for Vietnam. Yeah. Your own version of love. Would you like, would you want them to have more love for Vietnam, the country or love for the Vietnamese American culture that you're going to give them? Both. Hmm. Can it be both? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Good good answer. (laughs) (laughs) So when you say Vietnam is specifically Vietnam, the country or like you're, you like, that version of Vietnam America that you're going to, you're going to instill to them. All of it. And I hope that I, and I hope that Vietnamese America will start accepting Vietnam as what it is instead of singing a fucking different (laughs) national anthem and having a different flag and making shit so confusing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I look at my mom and she, still does so many Vietnamese things. She only eats Vietnamese food. She only listens to Vietnamese media. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just think it's like so, so silly that it's like not connected to the country mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. It's like they never updated the database. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they never reconnected to the source. <laughs> yeah. It's like Vietnam 3.1 <laughs> that they're still stuck on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And over it's out it's it's Vietnam Vista out here, man. <laughs> yeah. Um but it is what it is. Did it you is. see that? Did you see the uh there's this Vietnamese meme? I mean the the 
uh, VQ are mocked ruthlessly on on Vietnamese memes. Yeah. Um, did you know this? No, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, that there's one there's one particular cartoon that I was thinking about recently. Uh, these two cartoon characters, one of them has a star on his shirt. Uh-huh. The other one has a three stripes yeah, on his shirt. Yeah, yeah. And they're shooting each other with water guns. Uh-huh. And uh, the the three-stripe guy is getting soaking wet. And then the star guy is not getting wet. And the star guy's like, hey, you don't have any nook? Oh, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we don't, we don't have a land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we do have a passport. <laughs> that can travel to many countries. That's pretty tight, yeah. <laughs> but that's petty to say that. <laughs> that's not compassionate. <laughs> but it was a good joke. It was actually a good joke. But I think that's how we also like making fun of those differences is what connects us. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm not hurt by that. Yeah, I'm not either. Yeah. <laughs> Some people would. It's think. a solid punt. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay, so I'm I'm totally different type of topic. But you know what uh, has been when we talk about social impact and, uh, and how Vietnam is going to grow. And again, like it goes back to like creating those type of contents, you know, what has been amazing me and a little bit scaring me and a little bit like, Oh, like has thrown such a big unknown in the equation of what Vietnam is going to be later. It's fucking Netflix. It started growing, uh, during COVID. There's Mm -hmm. more and more people fucking like sign up to Netflix. Okay. And, so, for example, some of my, my ex, for example, she saw some documentaries uh, that were coming out at the same time around the world, perfectly subbed in Vietnamese, about Ooh. meditation, about mental health. Oh, nice. She watched the last season of Sex Education before some of my friends in Canada. She watched some French movies, perfectly dubbed in Vietnamese, mm-hmm. before some of my French friends. You know, back in the days, like at least for us in France, we had to wait two years for friends to come out <laughs> dubbed in fucking French. Oh, friends? <laughs> Seinfeld didn't even come out in France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now the content is produced and subtitled perfectly at the very same time across the world. Yeah, so westernization is, yeah. is that what you're getting at? Westernization or more reference point. I would feel, and then it's just, there is a lot of like Vietnamese movies that are coming out that my friends uh, across the world are also watching. But it's like there is a choice, and it's just for us now to point. So, like if you talk about Vietnamese American culture, for example, is you have a you have a whole catalog on Netflix to go, hey, watch this movie, watch this movie, watch this movie, you know. And it's like it's been wild for me to see the impact of it. Is because like you know we are maybe Westernization, but aren't we? Vietnamese that have been westernized? Yes. And so how is that a bad thing? Yeah, it's, it's definitely not a bad thing. Yeah. It's cool as fuck. It's cool as fuck. And we get to, we don't have to produce that many content. I mean, your documentary is important, but we can point. It's like, hey, you want to talk about fucking sex? Watch Sex Education. It's, you can reframe it as, oh, it's, it's, it's a TV show. But yeah, you can have difficult discussions. You don't have to gaslight people. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to call them cool or whatever. But there is, there is, here is a reference point. Here's a reference point. Oh, there is a really good French movie that came out. Do you want to know more about the French like culture? Here is the movie. And actually it came out yesterday and some of my French friends didn't watch it. So it's like quite amazing, no? Yeah. And that's just the past year and a half, two years. Yeah, I remember back in the day, um we 
we would hear things like, uh, oh yeah, v- Vietnam's still listening to this song. Cause it, it took for, this is like before the internet. Like, yeah. man, they're listening to this song that's like from 1995. They're so behind, mm-hmm. but now they're like hyper caught up. And I, I see Vietnamese kids speaking with full on Midwestern American yeah. accents, uh-huh. uh, because they have the internet. Yeah. Which is tight. So it's interesting. And that's where like we get to have some impact. And I, I hope like, you know, this podcast has some impact. I don't want every Vietnamese people to listen to it, but at least some. And I, that's enough. And then like when I go out on the street, by showing respect, compassion, and understanding, as much as I can. Some people do trigger me. Some people do annoy me and I avoid them. But that's like if I'm walking in Canada or in France, it's like some people are bound to fucking annoy you. And it's just who they are. <laughs> 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 just remove myself from this. But I don't see it as like, it's because he's Vietnamese or anything like this. It's, no, it's just he's a fucked up guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a weird note to end on. It's like, yo, people are just annoying sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> you know, I talk about love and compassion. That's such a front. Fuck everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> So before we uh, finish, um, and I asked you this this question, but like, are you planning to come back to Vietnam to live? To live? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I love LA and I miss, uh, I deeply miss a lot of the things that LA provides mm-hmm. in terms of like ability to work on my stand-up comedy, yeah. um, live music. Mm-hmm. However, I do see that Saigon is rapidly, rapidly getting those things. Like there's still, there's like multiple stand-up comedy shows a night. However, it's still like, a, it's it's still like the same people who are doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't a bad thing if you guys are listening. It's great. <laughs> um, but it's it's like a smaller pond, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm seeing like, oh, live music is actually popping off over here now. Jack White is coming to Saigon. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's crazy. And then mm-hmm. I heard like that same group is going to try to get Tenacious D. Oh, wow. Over. What the? Yeah, that's yeah. random as fuck, right? Yeah, that's like so random, but that's so interesting. But I mean, if if yeah. we get like Jack White and Tenacious D coming to Saigon and yeah. that's just going to open up the floodgates and like people will want to perform like people who aren't EDM DJs. Yeah, or because EDM or DJs, singers. <laughs> <laughs> K-pop singers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those yeah. those guys are doing fine out here. But I'm talking about like Western yeah, yeah, rock yeah. acts, definitely. Um, yeah, so that, that's. So I guess you still want to be part of the the creative field here in Vietnam in some ways, or like building that bridge between Vietnam and. Yeah, I mean, I anytime I come back to Vietnam, I definitely want to do comedy shows. Yeah. Um, so I can write off the entire trip on my taxes. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, it's, it's a total treat to be able to do comedy in this land that my parents left. Yeah. It's just rad as fuck yeah. to me. And also to just like share my experience because a lot of people, you know, it's still, it's still an untold story. Yeah. Um, I mean, to a lot of people. So well, we haven't talked about this at all and I'm sorry. Uh, on the podcast but like the importance of comedy and, and, and the relationship that it has with the culture the Vietnamese culture for you yeah <laughs> let's take a little break because I can think about this question because yeah. it's important <laughs> yeah thank you so much for listening to Creators in Vietnam 
If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And don't be afraid to share the love with your friends on social media. Also, do not hesitate to reach out to me directly with your feedbacks and your ideas. I would love to connect and hear more from you. Thank you.